0: welcome everybody to the mini recruiting pod for the in the flat podcast i'm your host as always tony kill uh so let's get to it we have a a lot on the agenda today obviously 4th of july weekend just happened and um, which I don't remember it being as big of a recruiting event as years past, but this year, you know, really had a lot of fireworks. There was a lot of re- commitments during the three or four day period starting last week. So uh, let's go over some of the big, um, the big commitments there and dive into those a little bit. So first, uh, let's talk about the number one offensive tackle for um, 2023. That's Francis Magolia. Uh, he announced his commitment Monday afternoon uh, during a live broadcast on um, CBS Sports, um, and he chose to play for the Hurricanes over the likes of Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, USC, and Hawaii. So um, that was a that was a different one because I think USC, for many many parts of this recruitment, it felt like they were going to win it, but. Uh, Miami was able to win at the end and you know he's um, really the jewel of the Miami class that currently rakes knife um, nationally right now in the recruiting raking so um, you know he has that long-standing relationship with Mario Cristobal from the time at Oregon and so I felt that was able to come over now if you look at any of the message boards out there they'll say oh they must have threw money at him but I felt like it was pretty close between um, Miami USC and Honestly, right now USC their offensive line recruitment is a mess, and I feel like he probably just felt more comfortable with what he was going to get from a coaching and development perspective at Miami. So he decided to go that route. So um, I think he'll be, you know, a really good fit, especially with their the new quarterback recruitment there and have something to really build off of. So really impressed with what uh, Mario Cristobal was able to do so far in his short time there in Miami. Um, let's talk about some upper recruitments here. Um, Notre Dame. Um, they continued to, to push up on the top of the recruiting rankings. Uh, they, they got a lot of recruitments over the last couple um, weeks here, but we'll, we'll focus on this last three. Um, on July 1st, they got um, a top t- um, 250 cornerback in Makai Bell. Um, he's one of the fastest players in America. He's, um, you know, He could play wide receiver or cornerback. I think their name is Pencil and more at the cornerback position. Um, But he looks to get on the field pretty soon, can even in special teams, and make some impact there. Um, Another top um, 150 uh, player, that's um, wide receiver Rico Flores, committed to Notre Dame as well. He was down to Notre Dame, Georgia, and Ohio State, and he selected Notre Dame there. And so he should be able to see the field pretty soon. I know Notre Dame has a depth issue right now, wide receiver, so they're trying to get as many wide receivers this year as they can, so it should help. And then they they rounded up with a top hundred player and a cornerback in Christian Gray from the St. Louis area. Um, you know, he's been pretty consistently wanting to go to Notre Dame. I think the only hesitation for him was his high school, um, high school coach was hired as a defensive back coach at LSU. So there was some debate whether he was going to go to LSU or Notre Dame, but in the end, he picked the Irish. So Irish, you know, now we're up to 19 commits in their class, you know, have a, have a you yeah, really good chance to finish in the top five in recruiting rankings this year. Uh, be one of their best recruit, recruit rankings in the last 20 years or so, maybe even best ever. So good job for Marcus Freeman there getting that, the board rolling. Um, LSU finally kind of got on the board and started pushing with some of their their recruitments there. Uh, so first they ended up with a, um, a top 250 player and um, edge rusher Jackson Howard. Um he is the he's a 96 player in the country, so he's a top 100 player. Um, then they also added a top defensive lineman in Deshaun Womack, uh, who chose LSU over Georgia, Old Miss, Oregon. So good pickup there. He's a six foot four, 255 pound, physical, uh, physical defensive lineman ready to play right away there. And the, I think LSU will definitely need him. Um, they also landed a top player, a top 250 player in edge rusher Joshua Mickens out of Indianapolis and a four-star defensive lineman, Darren Reed out of Columbus, Georgia. Uh, I think both of those guys have a chance to play early, not, you know, back it up to the first run, but maybe we'll get some run there at starters, but of the first year. Um, they also um, added in, in state corner Ashton Snaps to the festivities, and, you know, LSU class was up to 11 as of earlier this morning. I think they just added a recruit, um, a cornerback recruit a couple uh, minutes ago. So um, they're, they're continuing to chug along there. They're going to have a pretty soon have a top 10 class here. I think they probably should finish the top 10, top 15 right now, which is, I think, pretty decent for Brian Kelly's first year. Um, you know, and speaking of the first years, we've mentioned a lot of first years so far. Mario Cristobal in Miami, uh, Marcus Freeman in Notre Dame, and um, Brian Kelly here at LSU. Um, another one out there is uh, Florida's uh, head coach, Billy Napier. He's getting a lot of flack from Florida fans right now for maybe not doing as, as well of a job as he could with uh, missing out on some recruits. Um, you know, I, I just want to mention, you know, I think we should talk about it. Should it be, should you judge your coach on their first year recruiting, whether good or bad? So Marcus Freeman may get them in the number one class, but does that mean he's the savior for the learning program? You know, Billy Napier may not do as well in this first year, um, but. You know, I think it really depends on your on-field performance and the relationships you build. In some cases, it takes coaches a little longer to build relationships. And in some cases, depending on the areas they're recruiting in, they may need to, the players may need to see development on the field. So if you're in Florida, you have a lot of options. You have Florida State, you have Miami, you have all the SEC schools after you. You may not want to go to Florida, who's kind of in a rebuild mode right now with a new head coach that you might not be as familiar with compared to like uh, Nick Saban or even like a Brian Kelly for seeing them success in Notre Dame. So I don't think we should judge these, these coaches and just say, oh, they're going to be a failure, whether they're doing really good or really bad here in the recruiting channel to start in their first year. I think, you know, what you should see from a recruiting perspective is in that second year, how are they doing, how are they recruiting you know, how did they how that first year go? There was a successful year. Was it okay? Was it terrible? And then how are they recruiting after that? If they have a successful year recruiting on top of having a good on the field program, then I think you have, you set yourself up for success. Now, if you have a terrible season, but you're still able to recruit, and that means your, your coach has really good at relationships, but you might need to get better, you know, position coaches in there, you know, something to keep an eye on. So it's a good two to three year process. You know, in some cases, I know in SEC, they might have a quicker trigger, but, um, you know, I think. I don't want to judge any of these coaches yet, especially in this NIL world. I mean, it's hard to say whether Billy Napier is missing out on our recruits or if if they're, the recruits are going for more NIL money or what it is. I mean, we have to kind of see what the landscape looks like. So I think as fans, we should just kind of be a little patient, which I know it's hard to do, and, and just see um, what's going to happen out there over the next couple of years. All right, let's talk about some more um, top-tier um, fireworks that to happen over the 4th of July weekend. Texas added four-star defensive lineman Sadierra Mitchell uh, to the to their number three class, beating out Georgia, Texas A&M. So I think he's a pretty good, you know, pretty good four four four-star. Could probably play, you know, pretty soon once he gets there with a little bit of development there. So I think that's going to be a good pickup. Clemson added a top offensive lineman in Zachariah Owens. Uh, He now adds to their number four class, and he is the third offensive. um, Third, four star offensive lineman to commit to Debo, Sweeney, Jordan, Harris, Sewell, and Ian Reed. And so that's the big, big news for me if I'm, you know, I'm monitoring Clipson, because my thought was the only way Clipson is going to get back to their championship ropes is to prove that offensive line. Because right now it's nowhere where they needed to be. And this is a start, you know, pick up some good, high quality, four star, five star offensive linemen, build that line. You got to have dominant offensive and defensive lines, I think, to win championships these days. And this is a way to get back there for them. Uh, Arkansas has now jumped up to number six class after they picked up a uh, top wide receiver cornerback recruit, uh, Makai Teese. He had a you know he had a lot of teams after him, such as Oklahoma and Notre Dame. But a lot of teams that were after him really wanted him to play defensive back. Where Arkansas was willing to let him play wide receiver, which is his, what he wants to do. So uh, I'm interested to see if he stays a wide receiver. If you look at his tape, he's a very talented defensive back. But um, you know he may end up changing down the road, but he really wants to try it out at wide receiver for a while before he gives that up. Um us see, Baylor—they're um, continuing to build off their their 2021 um, great season. They picked up—they're not number eight in the standings—and they picked up um, a top offensive tackle, in Isaiah Robertson, who committed on July 4th. Um, he is their 22nd player to join the fold, so they should be in a line to get a top 20 class, I think. And they're pretty full already with commits, but I think they should get a top 20 class, which is really good for Baylor. Um, Tennessee is continued to hold strong there in the top 10. Um, they did, were able to land their big fish in offensive tackle we mentioned earlier in Magola, but um, they were able to get more into these battles and, and win some of them. And one of them they were able to win is uh, a corner out of Kentucky. This is Christian Conyer on July 3rd. And then they landed um, one of the, um, the best players in, in the country in tight end, Jonathan Eccles, who's the number five overall prospect in the 2024 class. So um, definitely some some good signings there. Uh, let's talk about some other notable happenings around around the board here. Uh, North Carolina is now up to number eighteen in the rankings. Um, they really had a, a pretty good four day stretch where they picked up pledges from uh, top players and Jay Brown, Harvey, uh, four star receiver Christian Hamilton, and Chris Culver. Um, and then they're continuing to add to that. So they're they're starting to add some players in. You know they. North Carolina, when they talk about first year coaches, I think back round got the gate really good, top five, top ten classes, but they're trying to go back down to more of that top 20, which I think is their is, is a pretty good spot for North Carolina to be in. They have a really good area around in the south there, North Carolina, South Carolina to recruit from. And I think if they can get consistently into to that top 15, I think they'll you know they can really build something of that program. Uh let's see how about South Carolina. They're now up to 27, which is for me, South Carolina does. I mean, it's got to be tough to recruit against the big boys in SEC and ACC. So, uh, you know, for them to be right now with a new coach, new, and new staff, number 27, that's really good. They, they really pick up four-star linebacker, Jaden um, Robertson. Um, he, they, he joined, you know, some of the second-level, best second-level defenders in the fold, such as Grayson Howard, that they, they recently picked up. Uh, they landed four-star running back, um, Octavius Brainswell out of the, the Georgia. Uh, they also landed one of the top quarterback 2024 in um, Dante Reno. Um, so, you know, they're starting to move chip away at that class. So if they can get some more, I can see them being in a top 25 recruiting class, which would be a big win for South Carolina. Uh, Texas A&M – Texas Tech, sorry um, – added a couple um, couple of players in offensive lineman Nick Fatigue and receiver Kelby Balson. Um, so they're up to number 12 class. And then, uh, let me see, Iowa, which is number 16 great class. Added uh, a tight end, Zach Orwith. so good pickup for them. Let me see if any other ones you might want to know about. Uh, In-state receiver Carmelo English committed to Auburn. Um, He had a really big season last year, picking up 70 receptions for 1,100 yards, 18 touchdowns for uh, the local school there in Alabama. Um, And then, let me see, you also have four-star running back Jeremiah Cobb, who committed uh, to Auburn over Clemson and Tennessee. So i trying to get back in there recruiting. I know with their issues with the head coach there uh, a few months ago that we talked about in the main podcast. Um, they're you know they're having to tip away a bit, but if they can you know get some talent here, I mean they may be able to do something. But it's going to be a long road for them. I have a feeling. Um, we have a coveted linebacker Phil Ficoni, uh, who committed to Oklahoma. Um, he chose them over Michigan and Auburn, so he's a pretty good player, probably top 400, 500 player. Um, and then you have. One positive for Florida, you have a top defensive lineman, um, TJ Sarsi, who um, committed to Florida. And now they have the number nine, uh, who is commit number nine for Florida in that 2023 class. Let me see any other notables here. Um, You also have a a kind of a decommit, commit update here. You had really offensive guard, Raquez McElderly. Um, He flipped from Georgia to Alabama. Um, I think he's probably going to end up being a top 150, 250 player, so pretty, pretty decent um, offensive guard there. Um, and then finally just had a, a running back, um, Kofila Keefe, committed to uh, Kentucky, who had a really good year as a junior, so I think he'll probably be a top 300 400 player for Kentucky, so good pickup for them. Uh, as far as any other news, I know just recently a qu- quarterback Avery Johnson uh, committed to Kansas State over Oregon and Washington, so big pickup for Kansas State as they try to build something there. Um, there's a lot of teams that are using him as kind of a backup if they lost their main target, and so I, I like that he stuck with Kansas State because they've been on him from the beginning, and, um, you know, for me, if I was somebody was recruiting me as a backup option, then I would want to go to a place that sees me as the main option there, and I can – yeah, for his perspective, he could probably go in there and start right away at um, – at Kansas State, if he, and he's successful, have a really good career and get to NFL and then really bring up a program, which would be exciting to me. So good pickup there by them. Um, Outside of that, I think um, there should be some uh, more commitments coming down the pike. I know uh, Tackett Curtis and uh, Jason Moore are both in the process, both defensive players are in the process of making their selections. I think both are training towards Ohio State, so good look there for Ohio State. Um, so we'll see how, if those continue the trend in that, those ways. Um, see if there's any other uh, news updates here. Um, I think so. So the top five remains the same. You have their name number one, Ohio State, two, Texas, three, Clemson, four, Penn State, five. Um, well, if I mentioned earlier, Arkansas now snuck their way up to number six. So good look there for Arkansas. Um, as far as like, you know, the quality of the players you are getting, I, I would say, the three right now that have the highest, as far as average per recruit, um, number one is currently, I believe it's Alabama. Alabama at nine. No, actually, it's um, now Ohio State. So I would say at 93.76 average um, as number one as far as their quality of recruits. Number two is Alabama at 93.61, and number um, three is Notre Dame at 93.20. So uh, you got to like, you know, those three schools are, are really doing a good job bringing in recruits, but also bringing in quality recruits. Cause you know, if you look at the recruiting rankings, it, it may be, you know, it may not look as, as it seems. So like Arkansas, number six, you may say, Oh man, they're, they're really dominating and recruiting this year. Though they may seem that way. They have 20 total recruits, recruits or if I can talk recruits already. Um, but 13 of them are free stars and only six are four stars with no five stars. And their average is 88.87. So you got to kind of look at that if you're evaluating or recruiting rankings, because even though you may be higher in the rankings, I think we had Texas Tech in number one and number two for most of the year. It doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, think you're going to make playoffs and things like that because you're recruiting good in July. What it usually means is that other teams are still slowly putting their, their teams together and you're committing getting as many those free star commits as you, as you can and just building a, a quantity class over a quality class but i think for those arkansas and texas texas of the world that's the way you have to do it you have to go in there and, and bring those players in that you think you can develop and build something strong out of so you know we power to them to do that um as far as any surprises out of the top 25 i see i like that baylor's number nine um in the 22 commitments now um, i i think they you know most of them are free stars but I think they're from the Texas area and they, I think they have the opportunity to really develop and make good players out of them, which you've seen over the last couple of years with that Baylor team. Um, Cincinnati's sticking in there. Number 12, uh, they They're able to get three, four stars, 16, three stars. So, um, you know, so, so far pretty good there for, for Cincinnati uh, USC, you know, had a lot of momentum out of the gate for, with and Riley, but I know they're starting to drop a little bit and missing out on some recruits. Now you do have two, five stars, five, four stars. So, their recruiting average is good, 92.07, but, you know, they got to start closing on some of these offensive defensive linemen, and I think that's – I mean, they can get all the wide receivers and cornerbacks quarterback, in the world, but if they have no one to protect that quarterback, you know, and no one to stop the other quarterback. They're going to have a, a lot of days we're going to have to outscore teams and you know, find different ways to protect your quarterback, and so, you know, which has been the same issue that USC has had the last few years. So, um, you know, for Lincoln-Riley, that would be something I would really focus on is those two areas there um let me see never surprises here i don't think so Uh, so that's the recruiting update for this week you know i'm going to be trying to do some recruiting mailbag questions here in the next few weeks so feel free to shoot them my way in the flat pod on twitter Um, and we'll definitely look forward to discussing those updates and and kind of diving more into the nuances of recruiting Um, so feel free to shoot your questions over and we'll see you again next week guys bye